Network presents The Interviews with Lorenzo Melcher. Thank you for downloading The Interviews. I am Lorenzo. With me today, head football coach at Rossford High School, Todd Drewsbeck. Thanks for uh, coming on the podcast. Hey, appreciate you having me. Less I'm away from home, the less I have to do when I get home. You know, and that's. <laughs> it's, I don't know if you noticed, we, when you walked in, we were redoing our floors. Uh, my wife and I are redoing our floors, and it's always um, – I, I like to do projects, but it's always after football season because sure. you're so busy, right? Absolutely. So we did the basement, and that went smooth, so she wanted to carry it upstairs. So oh, Perfect. Good, good yeah. for you. Lucky yeah. you. It's going all right. There's a lot of things I'm doing like I've never done before. Like I had to change a toilet. I've never done that. Ah. Um, and laying this floor is all brand new. So well, Good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. You're getting domesticated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how long have you been the head coach at Rossford now? Just finished my 11th season. And before that, you were at uh, – in St. Joe's? Yeah, so I was at Fremont St. Joe, um, then Edgerton, and then Genoa. So Genoa was my first head football job. Oh, wow. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. I knew the, those yeah. two because Garrett played for you. Yeah, yeah, G-Walk. Love yeah. <laughs> so um, right now we're going through a transition at Perrysburg. Coach Kriegel retired. Yep. Um, what can you tell me on how it is, because you've had four head coaching jobs, what can you tell me, like going into a new school, How do you, have you carried over your same philosophies going into each each time? Um, yeah, I think base philosophy, I, th- I think so, you know, and you learn as you go mm-hmm. and you tweak it. Um, but I think the main principle stays the same and that's building relationships, Yeah, you know, and building trust and, you know, having open lines of communication where, you know, kids and adults alike are transparent. And so, you know, any issues that may come, you know, about, you know, they're talking to you or talking to assistant coaches rather than, you know, complaining to everyone else and mm-hmm. posting on social media and all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. And so I guess it's trying to build that comfort level and trust with everyone to, you know, hey, even though it might be uncomfortable, I need you to communicate with me. And you might not like, you know, what I have to say. Yeah. But we want open and honest dialogue and transparency. And um, that's really been the main thing going yeah. in. Were you each time you got a new position? Was it? I'm assuming it was hard to leave where you were at, just because just because you're there, you're the head coach, and now, but you're moving on. It was, and you know, last few positions, it wasn't that I wanted to. It was just kind of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was at Edgerton, I was a head football and head track, and it was going great. Loved it, and um, we had our firstborn, and you know, my wife was missing home. She's from Fremont too. Okay. Um, and, you know, I get it, you know, when you have kids, you want to be around family. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So she actually got a job at the elementary school in Fremont. Um, she got offered the summer going into my last year at Edgerton. Well, it ended up being my last yeah. year at Edgerton. We were kind of hoping, hey, have a good football season and then interview and move back. So she actually lived with her mom. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had a good season at Edgerton and – um, you know, Fremont St. Joe opened up, which is my alma mater. So I never really seeked out to come back. Oh. It was kind of a, ne- a necessity. Yeah. Um, you know, I was going to be stuck at Edgerton for another year. Not this stuck. That sounds bad. But, yeah. You know, being apart for another year. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. So then, you know, that's kind of what, you know, brought me back to Fremont St. Joe. And then uh, because of enrollment, you know, a few years into it, my wife um, was rift. Um, because of numbers and oh, okay, yeah. So that kind of you know forced my hand as far as interviewing for other jobs, and that's what brought me to Rossford. So yeah, and I coach. I went to Perrysburg, and now I coach for Perrysburg. Yep. So I I know what it like, what it feels like to be at the place where you went. 
So that must have been hard to to leave there because that's where you grew up. You said your alma mater. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, and the, the positive is one of our assistants, Scott Nisley, eventually took it over. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was in great hands. Oh, okay, um, yeah. So yeah, that that would have been more concerning if it was in good hands. But yeah, it was really tough because um, we went nine and one um, the year that I left, and we had our dudes back. That would have been. Um, Garrett's senior year. Okay. Um, there was only four seniors. Garrett was one of them. Oh, obviously. wow. But, yeah, so we had horses in the stable. Uh, so that was even harder, you know, leaving that. and um, Coming to the unknown, really. Yeah, but, you know, I, I'm i glad, you know, that everything's worked out. I love it at Rossford. And, mm-hmm. You know, wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, it's great to see your success there. And I, I like, you know, I've known you for a while. You, you, you um, gave you – Gave, basically gave me you and Ed Howard gave me my first coaching job at uh for Rossford Junior High, and then um, coaching track also. So I've known you a long time. Yep. So it, I like the, to see the guys succeed that I know personally. And uh, you still you still coaching track at Rossford? Too? I am. Yep, yeah. I am. So yeah, love them, love them both. Yeah, I yeah. That was one thing I stopped doing. I was the junior high at Perrysburg, but once I got to varsity football, I stopped uh, track just for for time. Uh, I still volunteer, and right. I told my wife like. I'm still going to be a lot of the practices, but I'll be home by nine o'clock on on yeah, some yeah. of those meet days. You, you know, those are those are long days. It's getting harder now, um, just because my oldest kids are in high school now, mm. and they're involved in athletics. Um, now, the positive with track is the oldest ran for Fremont St. Joe the last two years. Now, my second child will be a freshman, um, and so she'll participate. But we have at Rossford all of our invites are on Fridays. And St. Joe's are on Saturdays. Oh, nice. And the two invites that St. Joe is in, Rossford is in. Oh, wow. So it, <laughs> it kind of works out coaching track. Yeah. Um, and I guess still get to see them participate at the same time. So, yeah. But yeah, so it, it's great. Yeah, that's, like I said, it was one of my favorite things to do. It, it's hard to step away fully. And I don't think as a coach you can even, – even Coach Kriegel talks about not stepping away completely – you know, and, and that's what it is with track for me, too. Like, I still like right. being in part. I like talking to the kids. That's one thing I've t- talked about on the podcast before. I like recruiting our own kids, like just going to see their games and going to junior high basketball games and talking to the kids in the junior high. Because all that, like you said, is builds relationships at the beginning. So when you finally get to see them, it's not a new face. They know you and you know them. Exactly. Yeah, there's nothing like it. Yeah, and and that was one thing I, why I jumped on social media more too is because they live on that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you you have to be up with the times. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like everything, you know, everything's constantly evolving, and so if you don't evolve, then you're gonna be left behind. So yeah, and you're right, you know, like it or not, it's here, and so you you better you better get used to it, right? Yeah, yeah, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> um, have have you you said you've been at Rossford for eleven years? Yeah. Have you kept kept that coaching staff for the most part? Or um, I I haven't followed of who's your coaches, but I know some of them when I was there. Yeah, I have really fortunate. Um, been fortunate in most places I've been that we've been able to retain our guys. Um, and really, people the reasons that people are leaving are either they got a head coaching job, mm-hmm. uh, they moved because of family. Um, so other than that, you know, we've been really, really fortunate and. You know, it's really been my philosophy to let our guys coach, you know, um, and and have them have a say and, and, mm-hmm. and get input. And, you know, we definitely don't have a bunch of yes men on our staff. You know, yeah. we, we've got a lot of guys that, you know, have their own thoughts and ideas and, you know, want to provide an atmosphere where everyone feels comfortable, you know, voicing those. And so we've been fortunate, yeah. That's one thing um, 
you've said it, and I'm and I'm sure, and Kriegel said it, and and great coaches have said those things where you let the coaches coach, and that's one. When I came to the varsity two years ago, my first summer, I thought, okay, Kriegel might spend a little more time down with the receivers where I'm at, just just to because I'm I'm you know I'm new, but he spent as much time with me as he did with everybody else, and just let me coach and told me like, hey do your drills and you'll figure out what drills don't work and the kids will let you know, you know, whatever you're trying to do that if they don't like it, they'll, they'll let you know. And it's funny you say that. And I think that's another, you know, kids too. I want kids input. You mm-hmm. know, like, like he just said to you. And yeah. Then, you know, when kids have, you know, a little bit more skin in the game because they feel like they have a say, they'll have more ownership, they'll play harder. Um, and it really helps build culture and rapport mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think, you know, letting coaches coach and, and, you know, having an open-door policy on your players being able to communicate, you know, to you, whether they have concerns mm-hmm. or issues or, hey, coach, what do you think about this? And, you know, along those lines, when we won our first playoff game in 2015, we were down seven with a minute left, and we just got the kickoff, and Eric Davis suggested a screen pass. Yeah. So, oh, it sounds, yeah, I like it. So it's like <laughs> – Thanks. <laughs> if that didn't rip off for forty yards, we might not have won. So, well, in the heat of the game, you 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 look at your script or, or play sheet or whatever you have, and you think, okay, these are the things. But if and I've no just coaching freshmen, I know if it's not written down, I don't think about it. And sometimes like that, like it's like, oh yeah, let's let's do that. Right. You know, that's a, that's a good option. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a flow thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this huge, big, you know, play sheet, and I type it, and I paste it, and I. But then you get in the game and it's almost kind of a flow because you've 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 typed it, you've seen it, it's ingrained in your head. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, it's really in-game adjustments. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you have to stay ahead of the game. Where, okay, here's what we think they're going to give us. All of a sudden, when this starts working, what are they going to do to stop yeah. that? And so then, what's the next thing, you know, to kind of counteract, you know, what their adjustment are? So mm-hmm. that's why football is just awesome because it's a chess match it's just never ending yeah Yeah. i i never knew how important i knew i mean i know how i know they were important in the in the box but the coaches in the box once i got on a headset and started listening to them it's only been a few years man do those guys if you don't have good 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 guys up there it it really hampers what you're trying to do yeah it's everything because they see it Mm -hmm. i mean if it was up to me i'd be upstairs yeah yeah just because you can see everything um it's quiet um, so, you know, you can think, you know, you see, wait, 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 it's not up to you to be on there. <laughs> well, <field or> not? <laughs> I probably shouldn't be up there. So that's why, <laughs> but it's funny. Cause the, as far as the quietness, yes. I mean, how many coaches do you see when they go to talk to someone, they take the headset off mm-hmm. just so they can kind of think. And it's, it's nothing, no offense to people upstairs. Yeah. It's just, you know, you, you get so much dialogue and the people on the sidelines mm-hmm. and then. Hey, what did that official say to you? Or you know, and so yeah, so you rely on those guys a lot yeah. because they have the best view. Um, it's quiet, um, and because you only have twenty five seconds to dial it up. Yeah, you know? down in distance. What's the hash formation play? What do they get? You know, so you got to process that quick. Yeah, I, there's there is so much more chaos on the f- sideline than I thought two years ago. And it's it's controlled, but it's more um, obviously when things are going your way and you're winning by forty, it's not as chaotic. But but when it's when they're good games and close games, like little little words here or there, and it's you know I've been there two years and and I think the next the next uh, 
one that's been there the least amount of years is like seven or something. Mm -hmm. So all these guys have been together and I'm just, I'm trying to like stay out of the way. And, um, if (laughs) there was a few times where coach crew was like, Hey, what do you think we should do? And in my head, I have a play, but I'm like, well, I mean, he's asking, should I like, I'm I'm like afraid to say Say it. I I did. And a few times then he, he called what I said, you know, and then, uh, but all that stuff I'm learning, you know, it's, it's, um, it's shocking how tense it is. And I think that's good to, to, for it to be like that. It's good for the coaches, good for the kids to experience that kind of stuff too. But it's, it, yeah, it was shocking, some of that right. stuff, especially when kind of coaches sometimes go at it yeah. like a few times. Sure. You know? Yeah. Hey, the pressure of that, that's why sports are great for mm-hmm. kids, really, because obviously academics are crucial. But yeah. from a handling pressure standpoint, you know, nothing can simulate, you know, what sports can along those lines. And, you know, the more you put yourself in those situations, the more comfortable you're going to be in handling it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm such a proponent of, you know, multiple sport athletes as well. Definitely. Just because the more times you put yourself in pressure situations, the better equipped you're going to be to handle it. And, you know, if you're only doing one sport, you only get so many opportunities to handle that pressure. Yeah. And, um, plus get, getting coached by different coaches. And, you know, but that's why sports is great for kids. Just hand that pressure so let's knock on wood because i've heard some rumors today that yeah. you know things might get shut down for a bit so let's hope not yeah i've known um i haven't known a lot of or any football coaches to say like only play football is that seems to me football seems more like the coaches say please play everything you know, it just and maybe that's because we don't do it year round. We don't have the capability as football as a football team to do it. But I just, I I always see football coaches like yes, excel, do all the everything. Right. And and I don't know if it's just because it's a football thing or 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 what. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, and it could there could be some validity with that because we can't do it year round. Mm-hmm. Um, my take is even if it works out. I mean, I don't. Let's say you're a volleyball player. And, you do club all year round and yeah. you go to this school and you get a scholarship and play, Yeah, you still miss out on the high school experience of all the other sports mm-hmm. because it's just not the same. Yeah, You know, college just isn't the same as high school. It's the best time to play sports. Um, yeah, so, and I think if you ask people that went that route, they'll probably look back and tell you the same thing. Yeah. That, you know, hey, I regret not playing this or not playing that and, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, sometimes the true meaning of sports gets so diluted on, you know, maybe kids focus on, you know, I'm doing it because I want to get a scholarship. Yeah. And do it because, you know, number one, you love the sport. You want to learn these, you know, important lessons. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know football coaches push it, and I think it's probably, you know, there's some validity to what you said. It's yeah. just because it's probably – you know, we can't do it all year round. Yeah. Neither, nor do I want to, to be honest with you. True. You know, yeah. I, I don't want, and I don't want our kids to, <laughs> yeah. you know? You know, I, from you, you saying that, from my experience, when I was, when I moved to Perrysburg and I was a freshman and we didn't have track and field in my junior high. We, I only had 13 kids in my eighth grade and went to a Catholic school. And I came to Perrysburg and Coach Keel was my freshman coach yep and he talked me into doing track and i was like i don't even know what shot put and discus are i don't know what it is but and and uh, i played baseball for years but i went out for track and if track did not end up being the most fun of everything i did in high school i love track i i love coaching football now i like to play football i love coaching football but man was track my and, it, and if it was if he wasn't my freshman football coach i would never have done it 
That's cool. And and that just lead, goes into what you're saying is experience everything. And that I'm glad that happened because not only did I have a lot of fun, I was really good at it, and now I'm coaching it too. So it just it can I'm 35 and it still continues to to help me, you know, in my later life. Yeah, and I, you know, that's it's I think unfortunately people aren't willing to kind of put themselves out there to try new things because they're afraid they're going to fail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, they'll never know. Yeah. But same with me. I mean, I, I love track. I mean, it was kind of my saving grace when I was in high school because I got hurt my senior year in football, couldn't play basketball. And then really track kind of <laughs> saved it. Oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, I love track too. Where where'd you uh, go to college at? Michigan State. Okay. And yeah. obviously for education, what what uh, what made you choose Michigan State? Well, my my high school coach knew their DBs coach, so I was a preferred walk on there. Okay, um, had two more knee surgeries when I was there, so I've had three knee surgeries since. Wow, uh, yeah, and so, but uh, loved my time there. Um, didn't get into teaching right away. I they in Michigan at the time you had to student teach for a whole year. And so I tried to get a couple grad assistants um, coaching in Ohio and, Mm -hmm. you know, just missed. So long story short, I was in sales for three years in Cleveland before I went to Heidelberg as a a GA. Oh, really? And got my teaching certificate. Yeah. So Um, that was my my first coaching job was at Heidelberg. Oh, wow. A long time ago. So, yeah. Have you, is that um, the only place you've coached college or Mm -hmm. have you, was there other places? Yeah. Yeah. Just Heidelberg. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's, that's, um, my wife asked me if I want to coach college and, and I told her I was like, well, usually you're graduate assistants, and they kind and that's kind of how you get in, unless you know people. I was like, plus, <laughs> that's I mean, I'd be gone a hundred hours a week. You know, I'd never be around. Yeah. And would I like to do it? I would love to do it, especially recruiting. If I'm I'm starting to get better at watching tape of our kids and realizing like who's good and who's not. It's it's hard for me to judge talent. I haven't been able to have, do that very often. But if some if there's a coach that says, "Hey, we want this kid, you go get him." And that's I would love to do that kind of stuff. Well, that's great because that's really the key. You got to have the dudes, you know, and so recruiting such a vital part, but yeah, I kind of agree with your point too. You know, when I was leaving Fremont St. Joe, when Tim Beckman, and I know Beckman for a long time, cuz he had approached me about the director of football ops oh, okay. and then possibly turning it into you know, a full-time coaching position and kind of the same thing. I've, I've got three kids. And, yeah. You know, I want to be able to watch their games and things like that. So, yep. but, you know, when they're all out of the house, maybe, you know, yeah. you know, to, to see, but, you know, that's down the road. But, yeah, I, the hours they put in is insane. <laughs> yeah. It just is. And so, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's what I – Rick Densdorf always talks about when he was in college, and he said he would when he was at BG, they'd be in film till eleven at night, just because just, the head coach said just because the other teams are doing it, we got to do it. Right? He's like, Dude, <laughs> we're watching the same tape over yeah. and over, or, right. or you know, taping these two reels together for no reason. It's it's it seems insane to me, but I mean, people love to do it. I mean, even in high school coaching, there's it's a lot of hours, and you gotta love to do it. But there is you know a little bit of off time for us. Yeah, and I, I think that's the thing. It's it's the out of season stuff, you know, that makes it long for the college coaches. Mm-hmm. In season, it's probably it's probably the same amount of time. Yeah, I mean, as far as you know, time put into breakdown tendencies and you know all that stuff, it, it takes forever. But yeah, the out of season, the spring football, yeah. you know, all that stuff takes a lot. <laughs> and the I, recruiting. I mean, you're on the road, you know, constantly recruiting in mm-hmm. college. My wife always tells me, she goes, it's the end of the season is always bittersweet because I want you guys to keep playing. 
you know, keep playing in the playoffs, but I also want you home more, you know, um, especially this year because the families couldn't go to the games and, and my kids and my wife and some of my in-laws and my parents sometimes would sit in the back of the end zone. The kids would run around and they just couldn't do it. So I think for them, it made it a little bit longer because they just couldn't be out there when, when I'm out there. But she always says it's bittersweet. Um, and we actually, I, <laughs> I created a holiday after the Friday after our last game. I called it Best Mom's Day, and we, I, me and the kids drive around and get food from all the places that she likes to eat, and we just eat a bunch of food and watch food. That's funny. That's good stuff. It, 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 it was difficult, and obviously you went through it too. Um, we, and in the summer, we always, I think Coach Kriegel said too, like we just didn't think it was going to happen. Was there ever a point where you're like, man, I don't think it's going to happen? Or, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah mid-July, maybe. We really thought it wasn't going to happen. That's when we, like, we just shut everything down. Yeah, we did too. Yeah, yeah we, we we made the choice, and I don't know what school it was. You know, there was a couple schools that got dinged, that were shut down because someone tested positive, and we were concerned that okay, if we go the last week of July and someone gets COVID, then we miss the first two weeks of doubles. Oh yeah, and so that was kind of our thought process. Is yep. all right, we're gonna kind of hold back a little bit and and see how everything shakes out so if, if there is a go you know we want to be able to start i don't know when it was august 1st yep. july 30 whenever it was so yeah that um did you guys scrimmage anybody either we did oh you did we did yeah so it's it so crazy because you know i remember we're watching the press conference of the governor right before we start practice at three and we're waiting for the okay and yeah. then we had already had it set up with wasey on so in case he did give the okay, it was all ready to go. So yeah, we scrimmaged Wasion on that Friday. Okay, um, you know, thank God we did. Yeah. Um, I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is you know the normal seven on sevens and yeah. scrimmages and, and out of conference games you know are so crucial to kind of you know evaluate kids and get their feet wet and and all that stuff. And that's what was so different. You didn't have a whole lot of lead time, especially if you had some young guys. Yeah, you know you know, playing, you know, they were just like, hey, here we go. And that's what it was our first game we had Springfield. It was the things you would expect to go to go um, wrong because of practice time and not getting scrimmages is like kickoffs, field goals, kick return, like all these things that you, you – in practice you don't go full speed because it's your own guys. You don't want to knock these guys out. So those are the mistakes that we had because – and it, it was – evident it's because we didn't get that extra time right you know and, and, and we didn't scrimmage anybody just because we didn't want to bring coach Kriegel's philosophy was we didn't want to bring anybody into our bubble um to hurt us going into the season and um we just didn't want to risk it but it was uh it was evident that we didn't have those opportunities <laughs> well and we had those conversations too yeah you know, as far as you know do we scrimmage do we not scrimmage um yeah because i mean there's the pros and cons are pretty even yeah you know, so. yeah <laughs> Well, good. I'm uh, I'm glad. You know, I'm sure like you and the rest of the, your coaches that we were able to do it because it's. It, I've said it before. It's, it's so important, and, and you've made that point just to for these kids to be able to play and and um, have a season, especially for the seniors, because we've all we all saw last year at the end of winter sports and no spring sports for those guys. So being able to to get through a whole season and even have playoffs and get, get all the way to the state championships without you know. Too many right. issues, I would imagine. I didn't. I don't see exactly. I'm sure there was problems somewhere. Um, so you you went to Michigan State. Is that do you like um, as far as high, uh, college football? Is that who you like, or do you like? Uh, yeah, I mean, I you know I don't really follow. I mean, I'll watch football, mm-hmm. but I'm not. 
like diehard this fan or diehard okay. this team, and unless I, I'm invested in it, you yeah, know. Yeah. So obviously Rossford, and you know, so um, and my daughter kicked for Fremont St. Joe until she got hurt. Oh wow. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't get too overly worked up about that stuff. Yeah. I know, I know some people, man, they. You know, hard waking up the next morning if their team loses. I'm like, man, seriously? You know, it doesn't affect my life one way or the other, so yeah. you know, I don't get too worked up. I just like watching football. Now, I, I did like watching Michigan State beat Michigan this year, so, <laughs> you know, I, I did enjoy that, and I let all my friends who are Michigan fans know mm-hmm. that they won too. So I, I'm like you. I, uh, in the same way, I, I, like, I, I like watching football. I like the Longhorns and – um, but once I had kids, that changed as far as like being being down in the dumps for the day. Because I had friends in college that liked Ohio State, and if they lost, they weren't going out. Right. You know. And I was like, "Come on, guys, yeah. it's ridiculous." But once I had kids, like, okay, they lost. What What are we doing for the rest of the day? Come on, kids, let's figure this out or whatever. Yeah. You know. And it's but it's getting more. It's going trending more the other way because now my son will ask. Like, I'll ask him. I'm gonna watch football. He goes, "Who's on? The Cowboys or the Longhorns?" And I'll just say, I, "It might just be a random team." He goes, "All right, I'll watch for a little bit." So now I watch it for a different reason because he's sure. getting more into it, you know. And and it's easier for me to watch, which I'm sure you're well aware, because I understand it more. Being in, being a coach, um, even these past two years as a varsity coach, understanding why they do certain things, and I would I always always ask Coach Crew questions about why we do certain things because I don't because I do the huddle stuff and I'll go through our tendencies. I go, hey, why do we run on this play? We run ninety percent of the time to the left, and then he explains well why we do the things yeah. we do. So it makes it makes college football more fun for me to watch to figure it out. Yeah, and I think you know what to to that point. I think that's really where I've gone with it too. Um, it's funny you say with your son because my son and I will watch it, and you know it might be the Packers, and I'm a Packers fan. Okay. And, um, they may be playing Detroit, and Detroit makes a good play. I'm like, oh, man, that's, I love that concept. He's like, I thought you were a Packers fan. I'm like, yeah, I'm a Packers fan. I'm just talking about it. That was a pretty good play design. You know, so, but, yeah, I mean, you, when you start watching it, you're watching it because, you know, you enjoy the game. You love kind of dissecting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you still want your team win, but you're you're really kind of studying it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, my wife does that, too. When I said something, I was like, oh, that was that was pretty cool. She goes, they just scored a touchdown against you guys. Like, yeah, but it was still, it was still cool. That's it can right. still be cool, That's you know. That's right. <laughs> so then I got to explain it a little bit, but it, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, how much? How much? Uh, do you guys ha- use Huddle? Yeah, we do. Right. Okay. Yeah. How much? How much do you use personally? Like, how much are you on there? Do you just watch film, or do you use Ton. the other stuff? So I know we're looking into Huddle sideline. Oh, uh, can I, we, we got that this year, and that like is it? awesome. We have Echo, um, which is good, but just from transferring it. Um, I heard is a lot better. Yeah. Um, so I know we're going to look into that. But I use it a lot, um, you know, because I, I call the offense as mm-hmm. well. So I'm, you know, all weekend you're, you know, one coach is doing hash mark down a distance, yard line, and then I'll do the offensive formation or, excuse me, the defensive front blitz coverages. Yeah. You know, so – that stuff is really cool when you're kind of breaking down tendencies. Mm-hmm. That huddle just, you know, once you plug it all in, which takes some time, yeah, you know, you, you get all those tendencies and you set your play script according to you know, what you think you're going to see mm-hmm. in certain situations. So I love it. And then, you know, obviously the iPads on the sidelines, being able to see, yeah. you know, the game. And, you know, it's like anything else, you know, once you have it and you get it taken away, it's really hard to live without. And we've had, you know, a couple of games where, you know, whatever the – maybe the Wi-Fi was bad mm-hmm. and, and we couldn't have it. It really made a big 
a big difference, you know, in how you see things. But especially being on the field, you can't see all the things that you see from upstairs. Yeah. So being able to get that iPad in between possessions and you know take a look at how they're defending certain things mm-hmm. is, is really been huge. That we, like I said, this was our first year for Huddle Sideline, and, and I was the one in charge of setting it up and um, getting our filmer to use it. And that, but th- you're talking about the transferring. When when you're done with the game, he just says transfer, and within ten minutes, it's it's on huddle, and you can you can watch it on the bus ride home. Yeah, that's cool. Right? It's it's pretty awesome. And we use um, huddle assist also, and because last year we didn't have it, and I would do all that stuff for the offense and do plug everything in, and then once we got assist, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the best because all I got to do is put the formation in into play, and it goes a lot quicker. And and but I love. Looking at all that stuff and, and looking at the data, and I'll print it up and, and I'll, I'll show. Like last year, um, I showed Drew Sims all the time because mm-hmm. he was into it also. So we would always look at it and look at tendencies and stuff. But the, the, the amount of stuff that's changed, even from when I was in high school to now, is incredible. Oh, it's nuts. <laughs> and well, to, to what we talked about earlier as far as social media and things evolving, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you don't follow or keep up, with the game for a couple of years and you try to come back and coach, I mean, you're going to be lost, Yeah, you know, because I mean, you look at the pro game right now, you know, it's kind of college has really made its way into the pro level and a ton of stuff. Yeah. You know, the RPO game is just huge. Um, you know, pulling guards for pass protection and, you know, having that slot come across and your play action pass on stretch plays. I mean, all those things kind of originated in college and yeah. you see it now evolving into the pros. But yeah, if you don't keep up, this pass it's gonna pass you by. It really will. I mean, I remember you talk about your day. I mean, in my day, I mean, you would line up in a five two monster cover three and you sit in it. That's it. We might get twins and pro con. That's it. And the big issue was, all right, we're going to line our strong safety to the twins or to the tight ends. That's it. (laughs) And you play. Now it's like, you know, you get all these funky formations, unbalanced, tempo, you know, um, motion. So there's, you know, heck, there wasn't hardly even motions back in that day. To that point, uh, I've been trying to, like, not develop my own offense, but but going off what Kriegel does and what I do and, and kind of put some wrinkles in. And I think Kriegel humors me when I would go talk to him. And it's like, I, I think I talked to him for like an hour one one day last winter of like all this stuff I thought think we should do and do this stuff. And he was like, yeah, yeah, we'll see, you know, and, you know, he, but, but I like to like use motion and, and use tempo. And, and do you, how much, how much of that do you guys use as far as tempo? Cause I think for, for me, trying to confuse a bunch of 16, 17, 18 year olds, if you can go fast, I think it'll, it, yeah, we want to use a little more next year. We, we used it a little bit. Um, the reason we didn't was just because of the situation with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a young quarterback at the start. Um, but I, I do like tempo. Um, you know, it keeps the defense in a certain look. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not necessarily, you know, we can use tempo and not necessarily go fast. I know mm-hmm. that sounds contradicting, but – a lot of it's getting aligned quick and then kind of forcing the defense to stay in a certain look. Yeah. Um, kind of almost like a check with me and then you'll call the play or you, you know, that's really why we went no huddle some years ago is because it gives you a snapshot of the defense. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the time, you know, we spent a lot of our um, 
staff meetings offensively in the offseason talking about communication. Mm-hmm. You know, so how do we communicate the plays? How are we going to do it in a way where the other team doesn't know what player we're calling? Yeah. Um, but yet keeping it simplistic for our kids <laughs> so they're not swimming at the same time. Yep. You know, so we spend just tons of time on that stuff. It, yeah. This is the communication part. And, yeah. and Krieg always talks to me too whenever we try or I want to like do different things. And he always stresses like practice time. Like we only get so much time because we're not going to be out there for two and a half hours, you know, and he says practice time. You just always got to remember practice time when you're trying to fit other stuff in and new stuff in because you, like I said, you don't want to be out there forever. Right. You know, you got to, you got to time manage. That is the challenge. Yeah. It really is. You know, you can't cover everything. And so you're trying to be complex enough, but yet simplistic at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's where you might not be calling, you know, 10 different plays. You might be calling two plays, but you have different window dressings mm, yeah. to make it look different to the defense. But for your guys, it's the same. And I know, especially for the upfront guys, you know, to me, which is arguably one of the toughest positions in all sports, because yeah. um, you have to have all those guys on the same page. So, you know, we'll run a same blocking scheme but different actions in the back end. Oh, okay. Um, yep. You know, so it's simple for those guys up front, but it looks different to the defense. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of of tempo, and I've seen plenty of teams where they run up to the line and use every second of that 25 seconds. Because but to your point, like it's not about running a play every seven seconds like Oregon used to do. It's about getting them on your heels and expecting a play immediately, right. but still being able to do what you need to do to change that play. Yeah, and I think you see that more in the pros too. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're getting a lot of different coverage. You're getting a lot of disguising and shifting and, you know, rolling into different coverages. And so, you know, they're trying to get a snapshot to see where the blitz is coming from, what are they doing. So they naturally let it all go all the way down. Yeah, I don't think you get as much of that in high school just mm-hmm. because, you know, to, to Coach's point that he made, you only get so many hours out of the week. Yeah, yeah. You know, now with that said, you know, when you talked about motions, you know, that's something we, we talked about doing a lot more because, you know, if you only have a so, certain amount of time to get a team prepared, you know, if you go from three by one to two by two, they're probably going to give you this check. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. or to you know two by two to three by one or whatever. Yep. Um, so those little things can kind of hey okay this is what they're doing, you know. So now this is what we're going to do when we come out next series. And so I know you know we try to give a bunch of different looks, some different motions, those first eight to nine plays mm. to really set up what we want to do, you know, on the next drives to come. How much in the off season do you do you um... I guess, prepare for the next season as far as like, is it, um, for you, is it like a daily thing where you're still thinking about it or is it like, Hey, this weekend I'm going to work on whatever just for next year. Cause I, cause every year is different from what right. I've learned. So you got to f- kind of figure out what you're. Yeah. Doing. I mean, you know, we'll get with other staff and talk with those guys. I know coach Brown from Whitmer, we just kind of communicate about getting together and, uh, you know, kind of talking shop and picking each other's brains. Oh, nice. um, yeah. So we'll do a lot of that stuff, you know, maybe as opposed to going to a bunch of clinics like I used to do. Yeah, I remember going to one at the when I was with you guys at the French Quarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, so, you know, Northwest Ohio one, and, and I'm fortunate to be a part of their committee, and so those are all great. Um, you know, but getting with the Toledo guys, the Bowling Green staff, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we got great football right here in Northwest Ohio, and then yeah. getting with the area coaches, you know, maybe that you don't play against um, and just kind of picking their brains 
you know, I, I think sometimes you get to a clinic and, you know, you have a certain coach talking and he's talking about doing this, this, and this. And, you know, like Coach Cree will say, hey, we got two hours a day with our kids, <laughs> man. You know, we can't do all that stuff yeah. now. So I, I picking the high school coaches' brains in the area is, is always something that we enjoy doing. I got to spend uh, a day with the wide receivers coach at UT during one of their spring practices. And that <laughs> – so I was with him and going through their drills and their meetings and everything, which is really cool. And then I went into the the offensive room to watch film, and it, I was just I was the only guy in there besides the other UT guys, and it's a uh, it's a different ball game there. Yeah. <laughs> just even watching film, how they watch film and critique their own guys and th- the different charts they do and all these other things, like man, it's crazy. Yeah, but but that's my it was my I think the summer before my first season as a varsity coach. And that that um, wide receivers coach stressed blocking more than anything in his meeting. And as a off, former offensive lineman, that's what I stress with my receivers too, just about blocking. And um, I really like that that part of it. And, and I don't think about that part as much as as you know, catch the ball and run your routes and that. But how important that is, especially for nowadays where you're running jet sweeps and everything at the outside. Yeah, I mean, because of the spread, it's really put a premium on you know, receivers that can run and catch and block. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're right. I mean, you get those receivers that can do both. You know, now you're going to do some damage on some of those outside, you know, read option kind of plays, yeah. whether it's power or counter and things like that. And, yeah. you know, really it, it puts you into like a basketball game. It, it forces you into a two-on-two battle. I mean, if if your two guys can block their two guys on the perimeter, you're going to get yards. Yeah. It don't matter how good the other nine are. You know, so yeah, if you got receivers that can do both, you're going to do some damage. Um, what uh, what do you you have? Do you have two kids? You said four. Oh, four kids. Yeah, you just talked That's about the kid in high school. Hey, right? you see, thank God this is not a video <laughs> podcast, but. That's why I have all the gray in my beard. Yeah, I have four. Okay, and so you, three of them girls. Just to let you know. Oh, okay. So, so two in high school, and then I'm assuming two younger than that. Yeah. Too? So I have 16, 14, 11 is my son, and then a four year old. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's <laughs> oh wow. All right. I know my my daughter. She's six, and she's she's uh, unbelievable with a lot of things she says and does. Yeah, it's, uh, just wait till they're I'm, sixteen, I'm Lorenzo. Yeah. I know. I'm worried about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pace yourself on that worrying. All right. What, what do you guys like to do as a family? You know, we, you know, I don't do a, a whole lot, and our family—I say our family doesn't do a whole lot. Um, <laughs> you know, when when we're kind of free, we kind of like to just veg. To be honest yeah. with you, um, oh yeah. You know, we'll do stuff as a family as far as going out to eat or you know, movie or things like that, mm-hmm. but. You know, it's it's crazy, really, because you know my oldest is a three sport athlete. Well, four, I guess if you count football. You know, my second one does volleyball, ballet around, then track. Mm. You know, my son's in football, basketball, baseball. My youngest now is at preschool and ballet. <laughs> my wife's a teacher as well. Um, then other things you're involved with. You know, it's you're always somewhere, whether it's a game or practice and so the entertainment is the the sporting event or yeah practice you're at. and so when we have time it's we're just at home <laughs> yeah. relaxing um so yeah same with my wife and i you know we don't really you know, we don't go out or do anything like that it's stay home be with the kids relax catch our breath a little bit yep. so yeah. that, we, we like to do that too and that's why covid was so hard for us because our entertainment and enjoyment was going out to dinner yeah like we like to do that as a family 
you know, my, my kids, they love when we let them get uh, an appetizer or dessert because we don't always do that. Yeah. So it's like an extra surprise, sure. you know. But but we're in the same way as far as like not going out. We went to last, I think it was maybe two years ago now, we went to Frankenmuth, me and uh, my wife, and did a bunch of stuff. And we we're at the hotel. It was probably like 830. We're like, all right, well, what are we going to do? And I'm like, we can just go to bed. And that's what we did. We went to bed at like nine, slept, probably slept 12 hours because right. there's no kids banging on the door to wake us up, you know? And it <laughs> was, funny. but it was just, it, that's, that's what we wanted to do. And that's, that's how we've always been really. We've never been people that go out and do things like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, so Saturday, my wife and I escape and we go to Aldi's, Joanne Fabric <laughs> and Big Lots. And then yesterday we went to Kroger's. So it's funny since I looked at it like, yeah, this is what old people do now. <laughs> this is our date. This is what we did. So yeah, Aldi's is my favorite. I love <laughs> I love going to Aldi's. That that middle aisle is is a treat every week. There you to, go to see what they got. Yep. I'm yep. always pulling something up. The kids <laughs> like it too to see those weird toys and That's stuff right. there. That's right. I love that place. Um, what you mentioned the uh, that coaches association you're a part of. What <laughs> what what is that? The Northwest Ohio Football Coaches Association. Yeah, so. Been a part of their advisory committee, geez, a Pete, since 2008, 12 years. Okay. Over 12 years, yeah. Um, and we really helped put on the coaches' clinic. And we used to have a recruiting night. Um, and so that's been a lot of fun to be a part of. I actually got involved with it because of Coach Ferguson, who used to be Rossford's head yeah. football coach. So I coached in the Perrysburg All-Star game back in 2008. And – our staff at St. Joe had the offense. Coach Ferg and a bunch of the retired coaches had the defense. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up winning the game. And afterwards, he asked if you know, I wanted to be a part of the advisory committee. And so mm-hmm. I said yes. And that's been fun, you know. So we got a lot of the area coaches in Northwest Ohio that are part of it. And we actually have our first meeting next Wednesday. So, you know, being a part of that and being a part of those guys and, you know, kind of helping with, with football in this area and providing a clinic for coaches has been something that's been very, very enjoyable. Is, is that, Were you guys a part of um, any putting out any COVID rules or anything? Because I know there's some stuff in the state, some other – I don't know, that might have been a different association Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't us. That would have been the state. That would have okay. been Ohio High School Football Coaches Association that did that. And mm. I really thought they did a nice job putting yeah. together, you know, the game plan and – I know Florida actually adopted what we did. Oh, so, really? Yeah, because they saw it and kind of followed the same guidelines. But yeah, no, this would be this would be separate. That would have been the state association. Okay. Yep. So, so your what is your for for that Northwest Ohio Association? What is the the main goal for you guys? I know you said putting on clinics. It's just helping area coaches, helping schools. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll give a couple of scholarships away. Um, so we'll do some to uh, coaches if they have any kids. Um, that are in college, we'll give away a couple um, scholarships for them. We do some merit award winners, some oh, nice. different, you know, things of that sort. And then really, you know, picking coaches' brains, we usually put together some surveys just to try to make the game better okay. um, and get feedback on, you know, things that we could do to assist. Nice. And and one other uh, a charity that you started, right, uh, Parker's yep. Purpose. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we are a 501c3, and so we give financial assistance. We also give away iPads, which we just did this past weekend, but um, to kids that have life-altering illnesses or disabilities. Okay. And so 
Uh, that's you know really changed my perspective an awful lot on 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 things. The way I coach, the way I'm a dad and a husband. Uh, it, it's been it's been neat. So how it all came about was when I was at Fremont St. Joe, uh, a student Parker Inks was in my wife's third grade class. Mm-hmm. And he has muscular dystrophy, so he's in a wheelchair. Um, and she asked me if there's anything he could be a part of with a football team. So we brought him aboard. He was our kicking ball and T-boy. And mm. So when we would kick off, he would go out in his motorized wheelchair. His dad would put the T on his tray. He'd cart back off. So we really always knew where the kicking ball and T was. Yeah. We'd have to be screaming, like, <laughs> I swear, every year. Yes, know? always. Yeah, where's the kicking ball? <laughs> where's the T? So we always knew, you know, where it was because Parker had it. So March 2008, he was life-lighted to St. V's mm. respiratory distress, um, was incubated on the flight. And we did a couple fundraisers for their family, and he miraculously recovered. And it was such an uplifting experience for all of us involved in mm-hmm. these fundraisers, you know, that we decided that, you know, there's so many families like the Inkses that are going through things like that, that there's nowhere for them to turn. So that's how we, we founded Parker's Purpose. And so we have raised over 500, or we've given out over $500,000 oh, in wow. grants since that time. And yeah, it's been really neat, and you know, I, even with COVID, we've really seen the generosity of of people come through. Uh, you know, one of our main corporate sponsors, Jeff Olympia Express Professionals, did a fifteen thousand dollar match for donations since we couldn't have our annual dinner auction this wow. year. And so, yeah, I think you know you see all the the negative that's going on right now, mm-hmm. um, but there's there's far more um, positive and kind people that are out there um, than the opposite, and. And I think that's what's, you know, really been nice for me. And it's changed my perspective on, you know, a lot of different things, especially with coaching. I mean, you know, do I want to win every game? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Does it hurt when we lose? Yes. You know, but you know, those are opportunities to teach kids lessons and, yeah. and to teach them how to fight through adversity and to put things in perspective. You know, you know hey, the sun's going to come out tomorrow and you're mm-hmm. going to get up and you're going to be okay and you're going to have a chance to redeem yourself and all that stuff. You know, a lot of kids that – you know, we give grants to, someone's going to have to take care of them the rest of their life. Yeah. You know, and all of our players, you know, have an opportunity to, you know, make their decisions and make their choices on whether they choose to be successful or not. And, you know, I think that's been a real change for me as far as how I approach everything. Yeah, and it's crazy. It's good to to hear you say that because sometimes people can go through life-altering things and you would think like, okay, well, this is this got to change him or them or she or whatever – and uh, and it doesn't, and 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 it's it gets frustrating because like you, you just went through all this stuff and, and nothing wants to like alter that a little bit. So so it's it's good to hear like um, when there is negative or 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 bad things out there to to come up with positives and to be one that wants to help and continue helping. And you created this charity to keep helping people, and and it's it's good to hear that. I'm I'm uh. Um, anything I can do in the future, you know, I'd, I'd like to help um, awesome. or be a part of that. And I'll, I'll, that. I'll put the um, website and stuff in the podcast show. Yeah, that'd be great. Stuff. You know, what's yeah. been a real big thing is um, so a few years ago, you know, Facebook does these birthday fundraisers. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so we've been really pushing that. So what I'll do is, you know, when I see a friend have a birthday coming up, just the morning of their birthday, I'll send out a little messenger of, you know, considering, you know, choosing Parker's Purpose for their birthday fundraiser oh, yeah. choice. Yeah. And so we've done really well with that. Um, 
you know, we probably this year we're probably twenty thousand dollars that we'll raise. Oh wow! And so that would be big if people would just do that. Yeah. You know, when it's their birthday, you know, choose Parker's purpose. You know, you're not really asking the person to donate money; they're really asking their friends, yeah. you know, to donate money. And so that's been a really big thing that you know anyone could get a part of. Yeah, and, it, and help out. And it's yeah. that's that like you said, it's an easy thing because you're just asking people, and and not even that, you're just putting something on Facebook. You're, right. You know, the, the hard part, and I think. That's what um, people people find hard to do is asking people for money or asking for donations, right. you know. And and with this, it's a simple click of the mouse, and you can help out your charity. Yep, absolutely. So, well, uh, th- thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, you got the new high score. That's, well, I'm uh, really excited for that. You know, <laughs> I'll probably put that on my resume here. Not that I need to have a resume. Hopefully, I won't need a resume. <laughs> Hey, you just had a really good year. So, yeah. so now I heard Walker came on. Did he not yeah. do this? He, I didn't have the idea until after yeah. he was. Yeah, well, he, he, he'll w- come back. He would not have beaten my high school. No. I've seen him shoot. Trust me, <laughs> this this would have been out of his range. Well, now Garrett, you'll have to come back and, and do <laughs> it. That's good stuff. <laughs> All right, Coach. Uh, thanks again. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Rossford head football coach Todd Drewsbeck for joining me on the podcast. Uh, please check out his charity, Parker's Purpose. The link will be in the show notes. This episode and all episodes of the podcast are sponsored by Real JP Multimedia. For all your audiovisual needs, visit realjp.com, R-E-E-L-J-P.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Wait, is it recording? It is recording. You talk right into the microphone. Okay. All right. So, how are you doing today, Lillian? Good. Yeah. Um, what'd you do today? This so you. This is uh, the first day you're going to be off of school all week. You got to be home. Are you excited or do you not like it? Don't like it. You don't like being home? Yeah. You probably like being at school, huh? You don't get to have recess here. Yeah, because um, some of my friends don't live close to me that much. Yeah. You have you have some friends though. You have a few friends you listen to. Or, or not listen to, but you you play with. Yeah, like Carlo and Vivian and Nolan. Yeah, yeah, but it, that's fun. So, did you have a good day today? School school didn't last too long today. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do at school? Do you remember what you did? What we did together? Or no? Um, no. No. Not really. <laughs> but I don't remember what it's called. But I remember the picture. Yeah, you and your brother got a bunch of Barbies out today too, huh? Uh huh. Like every Barbie you own, almost. Not really. No, talking to the microphone so we can hear you. Not really. No. No. But we filled that Barbie pool up. You try, got the did the dog float in its in its floaty? Yeah. Yeah? Not really, but the dog didn't go in there because it was getting filled with water. Oh, it was? Yeah, cuz there's like a hole in the mouth. Oh, in the dog. Oh, okay. Okay. So, what else you got? What what do you what are you going to do tonight? Anything? Anything cool? Uh, watch Home Alone 3. You want to watch Home Alone 3 tonight? Yeah, you know, we can. We've got to ask mom. I bet yeah. mom will want to watch it too. What? I bet mom will want to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to say to your fans out there? There's going to be people that talk about you now because because they're going to listen to you. No. You don't have anything to say to your fans? No. Thanks for listening. Can you tell them thanks for listening? Thanks for listening. And subscribe Wait. for more. <laughs> can I make a you want to keep going? 
Yeah, let's keep going. What do you want to talk about, though? We got to keep talking about stuff. Mm. Yeah, we can keep going. I was just on the iPad. You were? What were you doing on the iPad? Watching shows. <laughs> what were you watching? J-House. What's a J-House? What do they do on J-House? Um, they eat yummy nummy. Eat nummy yummies? Yeah, they're like food, mini food. They're mini food. Mi- mini, they're- mini foods, like what? Like um hot dog wait no um hamburgers donuts gummy bears and it's just like tiny food yeah and it probably tastes different and they had the real food too oh they okay. had the real food after they had the tiny food oh so who's who's what are the names of the people in J House Isaac Laura Elise <laughs> you know all of them huh Gubby Kendra wait and Gubby Cubby oh Cubby oh. <laughs> Kendra and the parents, Kendra and Jeremy. Jeremy? Wow. Is that one of your favorite shows you like to watch on your iPad? Yeah. Well, you got to say yes or no because people can't see you when you shake your head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else do you like to watch? Bunked? Bunk's pretty good. I like Jesse. Yeah, Jesse. Yeah, who's your favorite on Jesse? What's your favorite character? Do you know? Soup's cute. Yeah, which one? Emma. Emma? Soup's cute. <laughs> Did she say that? Yeah. No, like um, Luke said, let me guess, a cute outfit. No, a cute costume. <laughs> Soup's cute. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you like going to your brother's uh, football games? Yeah. You don't even pay attention, though. You just play with your toys. Well, yeah, but still sometimes it's fun it's really fun to watch it, but yeah. not most of the time, but. <laughs> okay, that's all right. What else? What else you got? Do you have any questions for me? What's your favorite color? My favorite color is blue, probably blue. I knew that. I you knew did? It. I knew it. <laughs> I know mom's favorite color. What's mom's favorite color? Pink and black. Black. I would have to guess black. Yeah. Guess my favorite color. Pink. No. Purple. Yeah. Purple. Purple and blue. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. Just like my jacket, but it was pink. Yeah. Or well, your jacket's pink, not purple. Well, that one. Oh, the one hanging up. Oh yeah, it's got pink and purple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, any more questions for me? You ask me questions. I've been asking you questions. You keep asking me. Questions. Do you like um? Do you like our dog? Is he cool? Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite stuffed animal to sleep with? Do you think? Um, I think it's my ginormous squishies. Oh yeah, those are they're really soft too. Yeah, one of them's like wider than the other. One's of them a unicorn, one's of them a cat. I got one of them for my well, both of them for my birthday. Yeah. Yeah, but one of them at Costco, I didn't got it by myself. I did. I didn't know that was coming. Oh no. No, because oh. when we we're at Costco shopping, Mom said I could get it. Oh well, that's good. You're I got excited. one. I got one <laughs> for my Chuck E. Cheese birthday, or did I? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. That was a good birthday. That was fun. Yeah. I loved playing the game. That was when, remember remember when you went in the, the tunnel to collect all the tickets and the wind was blowing around everywhere? Yeah, I remember one <laughs> of them, remember um, when I was wearing glasses, one of them got in my eye and, yeah. I, and all of you guys were laughing. And your eye fell out? <laughs> that didn't happen? 
No. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> that was that was a good time. Yeah. Um. Every time I see like a video on Nani's phone, looking at pictures, I'm like, I want to see that again. Yeah. Yeah, because one of them I wanted to see again. <laughs> Probably that one. But. Oh, okay. Well. I think that's all we got for today. How about this? How about this? Will you, every time I podcast with somebody, will you be on the podcast afterward? And we can talk like this some more. Maybe. Maybe. And we don't have to talk. We can talk short or we can talk long or whatever. Maybe I would choose to talk long. Okay. Well, next time um, next time someone comes on the podcast, um, you can be on too, okay? Afterward. Sound good? Okay. Tell everyone goodbye. Bye-bye.